Greetings Stay Frosty Parkrunners and welcome to the September edition of the Stay Frosty Parkrun podcast. Again, apologies for the fact that this is actually being released mid-October. I am going to try and catch up and I'm sure it will happen at some point. This month, as well as my usual segments including this month's Star Parkrunner, Featured Parkrun and letting you all know what we've been getting up to this month, I'll also be talking about really soggy runs as the weather starts to get a little wetter when we move into winter. Plus, I'll continue my little feature started last month about new runners. I feel like I've been really lucky this month, and when I say this month I do mean September, not October, even though I know we're now in October. It feels like every time I've looked out of the window, the weather at home or at work, it's been drizzling, sometimes pouring with rain. But somehow, by constant weather checking and sheer luck, I've managed to avoid the worst of it. Similarly, with running, I've been lucky enough never to get caught in any serious rain for any great length of time. With one notable exception, of course, which was Ali Pali Park Run, when we were pretty much luging around the two-lapper in the mud. But what happens when we run in the rain, and what difference does it make to our run over different distances and times, especially longer distances? I remember many moons ago, when I had my first infatuation with running, I read an article which recommended avoiding running in the rain altogether, as you may not gain much as you would like in terms of a workout, and the unpleasantness of it might actually be demotivational to your running as a whole. I thought this sounded like really good advice at the time, but I was a student so I had a lot more options when it came to choosing a time time of day to run. But I've since read a range of opinions online from people, mainly lonely goats as I still look at the Facebook group who say far from avoiding the rain, they actually enjoy running in the rain. I can understand how, when it's not too cold, a little bit of rain can actually be refreshing as you warm up on your run. But what about the slippery surfaces underfoot, and how it affects your visibility? Well, most people who need corrective lenses tend to opt for contact lenses when running, but some people still wear glasses. The first thing which will happen when it rains is that your glasses will mist up, badly impairing your vision. To counteract this at least a little bit, ObstacleNinja.com recommends wearing a cap or visor with a peak which will offer some protection for your glasses from the rain. Wearing a hat is recommended even if you don't wear glasses as the ability to keep rain out of your eyes can make a tremendous difference to your run. A women's running article recommends running in Gore-Tex shoes to keep your feet dry and warm. And apparently a lot of shoes come engineered with a Gore-Tex option, especially the more popular brands, so you could be able to get a pair of your favourite running shoes with the waterproof lining built into them. You also need to make sure that you're running in a shoe with a good tread, which is suited to the surface you're going to be running on, as well as helping to prevent your feet from sliding around in the wet. And wear something to brighten up your day. It might be raining and dark because of that, but that's all the more reason to wear something bright and or reflective in order to make sure that drivers can still see you. As well as it being darker outside, drivers are far less likely to expect to see a runner in the pouring rain. So it's definitely something worth bearing in mind. On the same clothing theme, you should remember to dress for the temperature. If it's raining but still quite mild outside, then a lighter waterproof might be all that you need. Unfortunately, if it is raining, you're going to have to accept that you will be getting wet, whatever happens. So a light waterproof might be the way to go, because then if it dries up, it will uh, dry out a lot quicker than something that's a bit heavier, especially things made of cotton. You should avoid all cotton and natural materials, as these tend to hold on to a water a lot longer. 
Man-made fabrics like polyester will serve you better and they'll dry out a lot quicker as well. Seal anything that you want to keep dry into an inner pocket or even a sandwich bag if you don't want to spend a lot of money on waterproof cases. Personally I like the armband phone holder that I use and it wasn't expensive because although it's not totally waterproof it will keep out most of the rain and I can use it through the clear plastic front panel without bringing, taking my phone out and exposing it to the weather. Chafing is the next major issue, especially if you're going for a longer run. Vaseline seems to be the most widely recommended thing to apply in a layer on all areas where you might chafe. You can also wear clothing which will limit the amount of movement and therefore chafing, like compression tops and socks and things like that. Another sensible thing, don't hang around after your run. You may have entered a race with someone who is running slower than you, but maybe you should agree to meet beforehand if it looks like it's going to be a wet one, as the last thing you want to do is be waiting by the finish line in the rain for half an hour. A nearby cafe or pub could be a great meeting spot, or if there's some sort of covered area in the uh, event village, then that would be a good place to meet too. Similarly, take a dry change of clothes that you can pop on after the race to make sure that you stay fit and healthy and you don't get a cold or anything like that. And finally, but maybe most importantly of course when it's raining, know when to cool it off. In theory, any race organisers would not proceed with an event if it posed any significant risks to the entrance. But if you're running as part of your training, maybe consider switching the days or times that you run if the weather's extremely adverse. At the end of the day, it's not worth risking your health and safety to enjoy an adrenaline fueled power run through the rain or snow. And you might wonder what has prompted me to talk about the running in the rain. Well, it was actually due to a forecast for the Ealing Half Marathon, which predicted heavy rain and wind. And as it turned out, we actually got a little lucky. One almost heavy shower before the starter's gun when we were relatively sheltered under some trees and a couple of light short showers whilst we were running was all we were exposed to. I ran with Nikki, my sister, who finished in an amazing time of 2 hours, 9 minutes and 4 seconds. She says her target is now to go under the 2 hour mark. I finished in 2 hours, 40 minutes and 50 seconds. I really struggled with this one, but ironically it was still quicker than my previous attempt some years ago when I was carrying a hip injury. I think part of my problem was not so much the new injury that I'm carrying, but that I had no idea how dehydrated I was getting as I shuffled round the course. I had water in my pack on my back, and I was taking a mouthful every so often, but I obviously didn't stay hydrated enough or drink enough as I went. The result was that after I finished I felt woozy and sick and found it really hard to concentrate. Surprising how it creeps up on you. And also Nikki said that she had similar experience as well, but maybe not quite as extreme, was also extremely dehydrated. So we're both going to work on our hydration for longer runs. I popped, popped to the bathroom on my journey home and realised that I was extremely dehydrated as my pee was very dark in colour. Sorry for the gory details here, but it's important that you know what to look for in this sort of situation. I immediately bought a sweet fizzy drink and sipped as much as I could handle without throwing up until the queasiness subsided. I felt much better after that, but then I noticed that the roof of my mouth was a little bit tender. This got worse the next day, prompting me to Google the symptoms, as you do. One other person that I found on a Reddit blog seemed to have experienced this after running for more than two hours, and replies suggested that this was because the mouth had a tendency to dry out whilst you're breathing and running through, if you're breathing through your mouth, of course. A good way to eliminate this problem can be to chew gum whilst you're on a long run, which I'm going to experiment with in the future. 
The symptoms subsided on one side of my palate but worsened on the other, so I took to Google again a day or so later and looked up the symptoms without mentioning running as a possible cause, and it led to my learning something quite interesting. There are a few different things which can cause a swollen palate or gum infection, but when your body is lacking electrolytes or has too high a concentration of electrolytes, you can experience a number of symptoms including but not limited to a swollen palate. I feel like this was likely to be the cause of my sore mouth and I will also be experimenting with some sort of sugary or electrolyte drink on future long runs. I'm mentioning all of this because the possible causes didn't immediately jump out at me when I looked up the symptoms on the internet and I'm a strong believer that knowledge is power. Once you know why something is happening it makes it a lot easier to treat it and hopefully avoid the same thing happening in the future. Please note here though, if your symptoms persist for more than a week, are too painful you to, for you to manage at home, or if you are in any doubt at all as to why it's, why it's happening, you should definitely see your doctor or your dentist for advice and treatment, and they'll be able to give you some medication maybe to help you as well. My symptoms actually subsided within a week, but it wasn't helped by my insistence on eating crunchy and hot foods, but it's on the mend now. So everything can get back to normal and I can try to get back to a regular running routine. Now, last week I asked about newer runners and what keeps you motivated and what demotivates you when it comes to running. A couple of my work colleagues, Beth and Nikki, very kindly filled in a little survey I wrote to find out what kind of motivations they have. Interestingly, neither of them started running with the intention of entering races and winning medals, but then I suppose when I think about it, neither did I. I started because I knew it was good for me and I enjoyed the time out it gave me from everyday life. Both of them said they started running to improve their mental health and well-being, and one to improve her fitness for sports and the other to improve her physical health. Both of them said that the most difficult thing about running was finding the time to squeeze it into your life and knowing your limits so that you don't risk getting injured. I also asked what they felt the best thing about running was, and here their answers varied a little bit more. The sense of achievement from running a certain time or distance and the mental health benefits are the main reasons that Beth enjoys running and Nikki feels that the physical health benefits you notice in everyday life, plus the sense of achievement for simply running, regardless of the distance or time, are the best things about running. When it comes to the things that demotivates them or prevents them from running, they both said that tiredness was something which prevented them from going on a run, especially work-related tiredness. Additionally, Nikki found that a busy social life meant that she'd struggled to fit running into her life, and Beth was concerned about her own safety when she was running on her own. In terms of getting around these things, running does involve a certain amount of time commitment which may involve rearranging your social calendar, but one of the benefits of running is that you can vary the times of your run to suit your own schedule. Conversely, if you're concerned about your own safety, running with someone else is a good way to feel more secure. You can do this either by looking to, at joining a running club or by connecting with someone who runs similar routes to you. A year ago I wouldn't have known where to start with something like this, but social media has once again proved its usefulness. Since I joined the virtual running group, The Lonely Goats, I've been connected with a larger number, number of runners, most of whom struggle, with, uh, struggle to run with a real-world running group due to a hectic life schedule. Some of them enjoy running solo, and some of them would like to connect with other Lonely Goats to run socially. It's a good way to find a running buddy if you need one. Final thoughts on Nikki and Beth's exper running experiences so far. Nikki said that although she doesn't enjoy the actual run, she likes the feeling of achievement afterwards and also thinks it's improving her fitness level, which is helping to make her a better footballer. 
With more free time, she would definitely run more often. Beth said she was sceptical when she heard that running could be good for your mental health, but she was very happy to be proven wrong. She always feels an improvement in her mood after running, especially heading towards the weekend, which is what she enjoys about running the most. Thank you very much to Beth and Nikki for obliging me and answering those questions about running. And an extra congratulations to Nikki for running her fastest ever recorded 5 kilometers at South Norwood on the 28th of September. And now, moving on for this month, I'm going to give a drum roll to... Tim Farmery. Tim has now taken part in 29 Minehead Park Runs. His last PB was in May, but he has upped his game this month, getting a PB on the 21st of September of 23 minutes and 19 seconds, and then getting another PB the following week of 22 minutes and 21 seconds. That's great work, Tim. Well done. If you know someone who deserves a drum roll, feel free to just drop me an email or a message on the Stay Frosty Facebook page, and they could be my next Star Park Runner of the Month. This week's featured park run takes us to Timmouth Park Run in Devon. The event starts adjacent to, adjacent to Timmouth Pier, and to get there you can catch the train to Timmouth or a bus from Exeter or Newton Abbott. Timetables for these are available online. From there you walk towards the seafront to find the start of the park run. There are two route options for this park run depending on the weather conditions. Normally, Course A will take you along and back along the seafront on a flat paved surface. You'll complete three laps of this route. Route B is on permanent paths in Eastcliff Park which may accumulate mud and leaves in adverse weather. There are toilets below the Beachcomber Cafe near the start-finish area. Volunteers normally range between 25 and 35, and runner numbers have been as high as 312 and as low as 52, but the normal range is about 150 to 200 participants. This event started on the 29th of September in 2018, so they recently celebrated their first birthday. To date, there have been 53 parkruns here, and it's definitely on my list of park runs to complete as I love the idea of running along the seafront plus Jay has done this one and he enjoyed it as well. And finally for this month it's on to our park runs for September. Due to injury I volunteered for most of the September park runs frustrating but rewarding to be helping others at the same time. Whilst Jay has continued to run and is looking in very good form at the moment, even doing a practice run of 15 kilometres a few Sundays ago, just because he felt like it. The first week of September, Jay volunteered as a pacer for 28 minutes, and I volunteered as a timekeeper. He completed it in 27 minutes and 51 seconds, so not far away and on the right side of 28 minutes for anyone following him. On the 14th of September we visited my grandmother on the Isle of Wight, but because the park run was relocated to Ryde due to a classic car motor show, I decided not to go and Jay caught the bus out there solo. He completed the run in 28 minutes and 41 seconds, whilst I did a small solo run along the Medina River to test out my new shoes. It was a lovely run, but still being in some pain from my injury I didn't run very far, just under 6 kilometres. But I was pleased with the new shoes, they've got a 0mm rise, which took a little getting used to, and a very wide toe box to stop my little toes getting smooshed up against my feet. The following week we were both back at South Norwood, where Jay ran around the new course in an amazing time of 26 minutes and 56 seconds, 
bagging himself a new PB. I cheered him on from the sidelines as a volunteer marshal. And for the final week in September, I had the chance to test the new Parkrun app on my phone as a barcode scanner at South Norwood again, and I have to admit it was easy to use and read the barcodes without a hitch, about 90% of the time. The other 10% took a little longer to read, but they all worked in the end. That weekend, Jay popped down to Exeter and ran at Tynmouth Parkrun along the waterfront. He completed this in 26 minutes and 55 seconds, followed up by a nice big English breakfast with his parents. All in all, it's been a fairly busy month, and although not ideal, I feel like I'm handling my injury okay. The worst part was when I wasn't running at all in the lead-up to the half marathon. My general mood was worse because I wasn't running, and I was worrying about what would happen on the half marathon day, because I hadn't done very long distances my training plan had recommended. It's just about riding it out. Seeking medical advice when needed, of course, but mainly just riding it out and waiting for your body to heal itself. And then the feeling of elation on that first day when you run and it doesn't hurt quite as much so you can see an improvement. To everyone out there who is currently injured or on the road to recovery, I know it's frustrating, but be kind to yourself and be patient. You will get back what you've lost with a little time and perseverance. And on that note, it's time to wrap things up for this month. Thank you all very much for listening and if you have a race coming up, I wish you all the luck in the world. Be the best version of you that you can be and you won't go wrong. Stay frosty park runners and I'll see you all next month when I'll desperately try to catch up with my schedule and actually release it around the 1st of November as opposed to the 13th of November. Thank you very much for listening.